Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. So I have a quick question for you guys. What's more important at work, doing well or being well? Well, you know, I know it sounds simple, but sometimes we may have the vision, but the implementation isn't always that easy. So stay tuned and find out how to do both. We'll be right back in 30 seconds. Hey, everyone. Charlie here. Did you know Eva and I have a really cool e-commerce shopping site? It's shopcharlieandeva.com. Check it out. You'll find custom designs that might just make a statement about you. And some great gift items, too. That's shopcharlieandeva.com. We're adding more designs every month, so be sure to keep checking back in. One last time, shopcharlieandeva.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Hello, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And how are you today, Charles? I'm good, thanks. So am I. You know what? And I'm really excited to talk to today's guest. We're going to be talking to Megan McNeely about how to be well at work and how that can actually make us do really well at work. Yeah, except, you know, of course, Megan creates this after we leave corporate. (laughs) That's exactly right. Well, let me let you guys know what Megan is all about. Megan is an award-winning 22-plus-year vice, first vice president and wealth management advisor at one of the largest financial firms in the world. And she was dubbed an early success story in her first year at the firm, her first year. She learned to be a masterful storyteller and inspiring keynote speaker. And she has presented to thousands of people over the course of her career. And she has written a great book called Reinvent the Wheel, How Top Leaders Leverage Well-Being for Success. And we are so excited to talk with her. We met her at the National Publicity Summit and her energy and her message is phenomenal. Megan, welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. How are you? Oh, I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me on. What an honor. (laughs) Well, we're so excited (laughs) to have you here. And, you know, sometimes we go right into the topic, but your story is so compelling. Can you give the listeners just like a little bit of your background and how this book came about? Because it's really, really an interesting story. Thank you for the question. I get that a lot. Well, you know, you're a financial expert. You manage money for people. How did you ever get involved in writing a book about well-being, which is a completely different topic? Well, um, I learned the hard way um, because while I was striving at my financial career, which I'm still in, I still work at the firm, stress and striving crushed my health. I was seeking award after award and title after title, like many listeners, and doing the best I could. I'm one of those people that's an A student. I always try my best, and and I was getting rewarded for that. And I wanted to just keep going forward. What happened, though, is that uh, in order to do my best, I thought that something had to give. 
And what I chose to let go was my well-being in the background. And Mm -hmm. it was one of the biggest mistakes I ever made. I started to do all sorts of bad habits that we can talk about, everything from drinking too much coffee to drinking too much wine at night to not sleeping enough, not eating well, and just there were really 18 different things um, that I was doing wrong, just everything in the book. And what happened is I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease really seven years into my career. And it was severe rheumatoid arthritis. So to say it got my attention would be an understatement. I went from being just completely fine and actually a somewhat decent tennis player to (laughs) absolutely not being able to hold a pen in meetings. I couldn't even open the water bottle in a boardroom. And I just, my hands were frozen. They were swollen. I didn't realize that's what happens when you have rheumatoid arthritis. Your feet and your hands can get extremely painful. But it gets worse. That's a tough challenge because you're going 90 miles an hour in that corporate scene. And now maybe, you know, you're not 100%, right? Oh, and, and, you know, it wasn't lost on me. The irony of the fact that now I couldn't move fast, Charlie. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I literally was slowed down. Like, I guess I wasn't listening to my body. So my body told me it's time to go slower, Megan. I literally was incapacitated, my feet and everything. Um, like a cascading bad day. I don't have to go through, um, you know, bit by bit. But like a cascading bad day, I was then diagnosed mm-hmm. with another autoimmune disease um, that was related to my kidneys and then kidney cancer. Um, so I started this hero's quest. I thought to myself, I have this amazing career. I bet a lot of people can relate. You put a lot of effort into it. You have a long legacy. You you don't just want to go quit. I couldn't go quit and be a yoga instructor somewhere. How am I going to heal myself? Mm -hmm. So I thought I'm going to do a hero's journey to take charge of what I'm doing behind the scenes and revamp the whole thing. I just assumed I'm like a car broken down on the side of the road. I'm going to get out and push. (laughs) theoretically and I just one by one by one I looked at every habit I had and I started doing the exact opposite and keep in mind I didn't work less hours I didn't get a new assistant I didn't get a house husband you know I just (laughs) made my well-being a priority and it was astonishing what happened I started doing better at my job it's so strange. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the time of the perfect storm in 2010, when all three of these things were circling in my life, these bad illnesses, till today, I make five and a half times as much money now than I did that year. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. And, you know, amazing. the story is amazing. And what's funny, though, is, is that you're when you <laughs> when you said about, you know, the broken down car at the side of the road. It's like you're the car, but you also pushed your own car. So it's, you are definitely a driven person. So it makes sense. What's amazing to me is it makes total sense that you would try to figure out what to do. But what is amazing to me is that you did actually heal because with your personality, it's almost like you would have driven yourself even further into the hole by trying to figure out why this happened is kind of what I'm thinking in the background. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I figured I'm a star student. I'm good at projects, you know, because I had already been doing so many projects at work. And I thought, and that's how this, I made a wheel. 
that um, viewers can look at on my website. And it's, it looks just like a bike wheel, but it has all these spokes of different aspects of well-being. And I made it for myself like any good student would. Let's do a diagram. <laughs> right. And it was just the things that started to help me get enough sleep and things like that. And um, I took uh, took it on like thinking I just didn't know what else to do. I thought I might die. If I, mm-hmm. I felt like I had no choice other than to take it seriously. But what I realized is that there's so much power we don't realize behind the scenes. I'll give you a good example. What I see a lot, and this is just my industry. I'm not speaking for everybody else, but I can also speak for lawyers and because I know a lot of people in these industries in the medical field as well. A lot of us in our cult, in, just in our culture, we have this feeling, I've been good all day, quote. You know, I've been good all day. I've been all of me these meetings. I did such a great job at work. I showed up. I gave it my all. And now I can be quote unquote bad because mm. now I can let my hair down and oh, open that bag of chips. And so many of us who strive and stress, the things that we're doing behind the scenes are actually detrimental habits. We pour a glass of wine. We pour two glasses of wine. We watch Netflix till one in the morning because that show is so good. And it gets our mind off it, and it's so much fun. And we do these things behind the scenes. Not that, you know, I'm telling people to not do that. I I have a favorite series I was watching the other night, but I just let myself watch two episodes, and that's it. Um, <laughs> if I could get yeah. to bed on time. But, you know, so many of these things bring us down rather than lift us up, you know. And yeah. so I started to really revamp, you know, when I was not working. What was I doing behind the scenes? Was it something that could actually heal me? And, you know, just to fast forward, I have none of those diseases anymore. I've been discharged from UCSF with flying colors. I haven't seen my rheumatologist in three years. Um, although I did get the, you know, when, when I was first diagnosed, they told me it would never go away, that I would be yeah. bedridden someday. And I thought, well, if, you know, I'm going to try and heal myself. And my doctor was so sweet. He goes, well, you know, I, I support you 100%. If anyone can heal themselves, it's you. <laughs> so yeah. um, I just, I, I was amazed at the reaction of all these habits, you know, finally getting sleep, finally getting nutrition. Who knew? <laughs> yes. It, it's so true because in, in one of the things that you were saying about what happens is, is that at night then we kind of let our guard down. And I was just yeah. reading something recently that was talking about willpower, right? And we always talk about, well, you lose weight via willpower. Mm. Well, there's only so much willpower. They've done brain science on this and there's only so much willpower in any given day. And if you're using all that willpower to move up the corporate ladder, get yourself dressed, get yourself out, get your kids dressed, get your kids out, get everybody where they need to be. And then on top of it, like kill it at your career. There's only that much in the tank. And so when you get home, you only want stuff that makes you feel good. Right. And (laughs) a piece of broccoli is just not going to freaking do it, Mm -hmm. you know, and a glass of water. It's just not going to do it. So um, but I love that you were able to see that and then start changing it, because I think this is such an important message for people out there, because so many times people think, well, I don't have the time to do all of this stuff. When the reality is, is that if you don't have the time, what's going to happen is. What happened to you? You're going to get an autoimmune disease and you're not going to have the wherewithal to turn around and turn that around like you did. You know, I mean, you were really able to to take that 
and figure it out and now have a system and a message for people. And it's so important. And you're the perfect person for that. You're the perfect person because you love being out there. You love talking to people. You love meeting people. And that's why you're the messenger. And we're going to go ahead and take our first break because I have so much more I want to talk to you about. And so does Charlie. He's chopping at the bit over here. He's like kicking me because he wants to talk. So um, we're going to go ahead and take our first break and we'll be right back. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Diva. Let's face it. Getting noticed at work can be tough. And if you're someone that struggles with anxiety when giving a presentation, voicing your opinion, or sharing your skills with other professionals, it can be even tougher. Hi, I'm Eva Levandusky, and I know how it feels. You have the confidence, yet when all eyes are on you, the fear can kick in. I tried everything from Toastmasters to hypnosis, and nothing helped. But in my search, I uncovered a secret. There was nothing wrong with me. I just needed the right combination of tools and support. So I developed my own program that teaches you how to calm the physical symptoms, stop the negative self-talk, and shows you how to confidently step into the role of leader, regardless of your job title. If you do the work, this program is not only effective, it's fast. So reach out to me at Eva at charlieandeva.com for a free 30-minute consultation. It's your turn to step into the spotlight. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone. Welcome back, everyone. We are privileged to be speaking with Megan McNeely, who has this incredible book, Reinvent the Wheel. Um, and I just want to share the website. It's meganmcneely.com. How difficult is that? M E G A N. M-C-N-E-A-L-Y, MeganMcNeely.com. So file that because Megan is a new teammate. Um, so Megan, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Great work. Um, couple of things that, that struck me during segment one. I mean, your story is incredible. Um, and I don't, I'm real happy and grateful that you're sharing it with us, but we don't have to be ill before we mm-hmm. read the book and learn from the book because um, I agree 100% that I am of well-being now and I am more productive than when I worked in corporate. Um, it's a little late. Um, so you really did an incredible job. You had to be on your game mm-hmm. because of two things. One, most people would have doubled down on the coffee, on the wine. And the the other thing that <laughs> yeah. you will probably drink we drink too much of is the corporate Kool Aid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you managed to get a handle on it, which is unbelievable. You put yourself first for the sake of the company. You wanted to do a keep doing a good job, which people need to understand mm-hmm. here. You know, you didn't do either or, right? You kept the bar no. high at work, right? Well, what I but I, yes, absolutely. Yeah, what I wanted to say too was, you know, you kind of leveraged all your analytical skills here and it kind of goes under the radar because you were able to analyze what was happening to you and you started to notice improvements. I mean, and then you had the leadership capacity to continue that process. Say something's going on here. Let me pursue this. I mean, that to me is what separates you from all the others is that, you know, 
this was not that easy um, because how many times do we read about stress and all that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you've done a phenomenal job here, and I, I, I think the book can help us all, right? Uh, oh, thank really you cool. so much. Great point about how you don't need to be sick. What I have, you know, when I speak to a crowd, you know, every once in a while, I'll say, is, is anybody ever heard of anybody that was sicker than me? And, and hardly anybody will ever raise their hand. Like, I'm the worst-case scenario. And I think most of us, honestly, could make some very easy, big improvements with one or two spokes. I have 18 spokes on this wheel. It's kind of a pick. It's like a dessert tray. You you know, I, I thought it'd be easier for people, especially people in corporate America. Look, we're really busy. You know, what would be, you know, uh, this, this dessert tray going by that I might want to try um, and see how it affects my work? And I just found there were so many examples of how I was so exponentially better. I'll give you a great example. I used to drink a lot of coffee in the morning, and I already, as you can tell from my voice and my energy, have lots of energy. So I used to do that not because I liked coffee as much as it was an energy management tool because I was so exhausted. So I mm-hmm. have these giant cups of coffee. And I just picture me walking into my first meeting with a client who might hire me, you know, as a wealth management advisor. Now, keep in mind, I'm jittery and I'm usually late because, you know, there was, I'm stressed. It's trafficy. And I let's picture me coming in with a handful of papers and dropping my calculator on the ground. Oh, whoops. And there's my phone goes, whoops, because I'm a little ungrounded. You can picture it. And I sit down mm-hmm. and I'm a little frantic slightly sweaty. And, you know, oh, I'm so sorry I kept you waiting. I shake their hand. And now we're not off to a good start. Right. Contrast that with um, my getting a green drink in the morning. I still have a little coffee, but just either decaf or maybe just a small, just to wake myself up a touch. And I have a green drink in the car. I've had nutrition. I didn't eat that big scone. And I walk, you know, I make sure now I'm on time. I'm, you know, 30 minutes early. I've already set up a little placemat for that client with all their paperwork. I'm there to greet them. I'm the one who gets them their water and their coffee just to make it very personal. And now we're off to a much better start. Hmm. I didn't even realize the difference because I had done, you know, the first way forever. Yeah, And I think my personality carried me so far because I do have a good personality, but I didn't realize now I was closing so much more business. Wow, she's so organized. Look at how calm she is. It wasn't mm-hmm. jittery either. Yeah, it's very grounded. Own shift. Yeah, interesting. You know, the other thing is um, where, and I think this is a challenge. I think that you must have when communicating this to corporate is that this is not a top-down delegation, right? This is not for you know the boardroom to say, okay, I got it, and then go in and tell everybody else to read the book, but don't miss any work, right? This is about every single one of us. I mean, I'll give you a brief example. Um, After the fact, when I became grounded and more well-being, so to speak, I was interviewing, and they had the top guys. They were all stressed. One looked worse than the other, and they had a whole wall of work and they brought the people in and I took one index card off the wall and I read it and I said, does anybody know what this means? 
and nobody knew. And it was the work that these guys were being given to do. And they even said, we don't have time to go over it, you know. And this is a byproduct, right, of everybody angsted to the max, right, on coffee, diet, lack of sleep, stress, and everything else. And that's why this this book, it's it's like it's like a supplement. It's like vitamins. <laughs> it is right? like a supplement. And, you know, when you go into the hospital, right, so my dad was on the cardiac ward, and I remember being there, and everyone is really overweight and looks really stressed and looks really tired. And you say, well, how can I be taking advice from the very person or people that look so unhealthy themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and that is an interesting thing. And so that's, that's why, you know, you, yeah. you know, so you're going to the doctor and, you know, maybe your doctor, I, I have been on different wards. So I remember one time I went to an, an emergency ward that happened to be like a trauma center and everybody in there was like fighting fit. And I'm like, what? What's with this place? And they were like, Oh, it's a trauma center. Everybody has to be fighting fit. It's like, well, doesn't everybody have, (laughs) but doesn't everybody have to be fighting fit at the hospital? Right. I mean, how is that not being taught? And so your message with this and how you figured this out, I'm actually, I'll say it again. I'm actually kind of amazed that you did figure it out because you Mm -hmm. are and were so driven and so results oriented. And so to, Take a right. step back and be able to to look at this in a way that didn't doubly stress you is right. amazing. I mean, I remember being in budget meetings and we would go to Lowry's after work. Um, oh, in Chicago. In Chicago, downtown, right, oh, to yum. the prime rib house. And <laughs> I know. Af- yeah. And after dinner, they all passed around Tums. They literally passed around a roll of Tums. Oh, Lord. Now, yeah, see? that's crazy. Well, that's not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so Megan, the way I see it, right, is you're no slouch in the industry. You were first vice president. You were working. You're up there. This is not yeah. a book about weakness and take care of yourself. It's important. No. This is a book about maintaining a high bar of productivity at work while making yourself better inside as well. Well, and I had a question about the book. So, Explain to us, because I know that you go through the wheel and in the book, then you've talked to all these different corporate leaders and big, big time people and gotten their take on it. And what you found was that all of these men and women that are at the top, I mean, they do take good care of themselves. And some people will say, well, you know, of course they do because they're billionaires or whatever. But (laughs) talk a little bit about how that came about, how you how you came yeah. about to like interview and talk to these people and then write the book, not only around your wheel that you created, but also around these guys and how they kind of promote this well-being. Right. So I became captivated, and this is circling back on Charlie's comment as well. I became captivated by the idea, wow, if, if we in corporate America are being asked to be at the top of our game, like, you know, where I work, you know, we consider it one of the top financial firms in the world. And if if I am, you know, at the top of my game at that firm, you know, aren't I among the best in the world at what I do? And I know many of us, you know, you all have an amazing podcast and, you know, we're all at the top of our game, right? So 
I was getting very curious about the idea, then why do all of us treat ourselves like garbage behind the scenes? Why aren't Mm -hmm. we more like Olympic athletes? Because I know Olympic athletes really take their health seriously. They watch what Mm -hmm. they eat. They get ready for, you know, like, why aren't we getting ready for a big meeting? You know, like that. Why aren't we going, you know, I have a meeting on Thursday that's really important. I'm going to train like an athlete for that, you know, you know, prepare in advance. And, you know, most of us don't really think about it that way. And so I started to um, wonder, am I the only one who know, you know, as I started to do better and better at work, noticed um, these multiple shifts um, that I was doing behind the scenes to show up at work with more power. I wondered, am I the only one who knows this? And I was thinking to myself, wouldn't that be the coolest book if, I, you know, already know these 18 spokes, everything from get enough sleep to meditate, to align your values with your actions, to prioritizing your personal growth. What if I found a different executive for any that had mastered each one of those spokes? Not all of them, but they were good at one, you know, because mm-hmm. none of us are good at everything, right? I'm the right. worst at the meditate, I will fully admit. Mm-hmm. I meditate. I do it in bed, <laughs> literally laying there for 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> people make fun of me, but, um, <laughs> so I found a different executive for every one of these and I'll give your listeners an example. So for the eat a healthy plant centric diet, I interviewed the co-founder and CEO of Whole Foods, John Mackey for the aligned values and actions, uh, spoke. I interviewed Stephen Rice, who is head of HR for the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation. Now he's at Sierra biotechnology in the Bay area for the, Focus, hone your focus spoke. I interviewed Robin Denholm, the chairman of the board for Tesla Motors. And so I, I mean, wonderful people. And I also interviewed a woman, Angela Mack, who's one of the largest biodynamic farmers in Michigan. She supplies all the organic tea to the University of Michigan, all these amazing people. It wasn't about who's got the biggest company or who has the most employees. It was more about who truly embodies that aspect of well-being, that little sliver, and what can we learn from them? Because my attitude wasn't, um, you know, that they're billionaires. It was more if they're they're busier than me. So if they can do it, I can do it. If they can do it, the reader can do it. <laughs> you know, like I'm not busier than the CEO of Starbucks. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and was there so, anything when you were talking to them that like really shocked you or surprised you? Oh, yes. So what really shocked me is there is a new executive in our midst. This is the most exciting thing I learned. I mean, other than healing, you know, that well-being can heal you. Um, <laughs> that was astonishing. The, the biggest thing I learned is that, you know, well-being is the greatest asset you have. But the other thing I learned that was fascinating is that we have a new executive among us, and there is a new type of person in play in corporate America and I wrote a, a, a op-ed for the um, for chief executive on this topic that it is a person who has a core of well-being, and they are using it as leverage power at work. I didn't know this. I thought that the greatest leaders in our corporate world right now are leading from drive, intelligence, motivation. You know, and you know, like yeah. they're just brilliant people. I yeah. didn't realize there's that aspect of all of them. They're all fit. 
they all go to bed on time. They they have a lot in common. Uh, um, they all prioritize well-being behind the scenes. The reason we don't know about it, very easy. No one asks them. You know, when they get interviewed by Fast Company or Business Insider, they're asking them about their company. They don't ask them, what do you do at night? Do you have dinner with your spouse and meditate or read a book, you know, for learning? Yeah, right. They don't ask them any questions like that. So they were thrilled to talk to me and that I was highlighting this because they really care about well-being. Um, for instance, the executive who endorsed the cover, um, Kevin Johnson, the CEO of Starbucks, he's a cancer survivor. He did mention that in Fast Company, I believe, in an article I read about him. But, um, you know, if there is a new executive that really cares about well-being. And I am so excited about this. And I want other people to hear that so that they don't feel I have, you know, I have to do well first. And then I'm going to be well later when I have the time and money to handle it. That's what I used right. to think. Right. I want people to know you can be well now. And that person who's you know, has no time at all, they're prioritizing it behind the scenes. They're doing their best so that they can, this is a marathon here. This is not a mm -hmm. sprint where we can all recuperate, you know, every weekend. You just can't keep doing that. I used to think you uh, could, but I don't think you can. Do you? No, no uh, but it is at all. Uh, <laughs> extremely empowering. Um, and we'll talk more about that. We have to take another break. So, uh, but before we go, I just want to say MeganMcNeely.com is the website. The book is Reinventing the Wheel, How Top Leaders Leverage Well-Being for Success. Stay with us, guys. We'll be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information, go to charlieandeva.com. That's charlieandeva.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Megan McNeely, and we are having a great conversation. And I absolutely loved what you were saying, that there is a new type of executive out there that is all about well-being. And I... um the one thing that I was thinking about that, the first thing I thought of was like, I hope that there is a, a trickle down effect to that because it also seems like, you know, maybe Jeff Bezos takes great care of himself, but then you wonder at the lower levels, are they concerned enough about what's going on? So I hope that that feeling moves downwards. Now, on the other hand, I would say that this book is perfect for all levels simply because mm -hmm. I know for a fact people do not realize how much what they eat alone, how much that affects them. And it was funny when you were talking about it. I was thinking about one of the things that I started coaching people on because I used to have really, really, really bad stage fright. And I coach people on stage fright. And one of the biggest things 
that I now stress and that people do not realize is how just drinking too much coffee will up your anxiety if you've got anxiety. Just that alone, just Absolutely. like you were saying. Absolutely. Right? Oh, it's yes. Crazy. And what's so interesting, I think anxiety is, is very high right now. Um, of the last four people, all men actually who asked me to coach them, fascinating every one of them that was their complaint i am having panic attacks Mm -hmm. i have not heard that before that was seemed kind of new i'm not saying it's a trend i'm just saying anxiety is very high it's super high and i think one of the things and you touched on it is um over drinking because I know myself when I would drink because we've really cut. Well, Charlie's cut it out totally. I'm down to a couple a month and that if I have one drink, I will get up in the middle of the night and I feel anxious. And that's how finely tuned we are. And when you talk mind, body, spirit, I think that as humans on the planet, we are becoming more and more attuned to our intuition. We're becoming more and more attuned to vibration. And what we eat and drink makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. And I love, I love, I love that you have a huge audience and that you're putting it out there so that they hear it in such strong terms because and and showing that your corporate leaders, these guys that you are you know, really looking up to your millionaires and your billionaires are doing it as well. But it does that you don't have to be a billionaire to do it. It's just about eating right. Yep. And, you know, all of us, I think, are striving to be the best we can, um, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, to live our highest potential. And, you know, for though I'm, you know, certainly not at the level of the people I interviewed. Um, but I, in this book, you know, really do a lot of truth telling, just like I'm talking to you. I hold nothing back. You know, I want people to know I'm, I'm one of them. You know, I struggled and stressed. I could not believe it. I was, um, going down for the count, but I think that even, um, people, I love that you mentioned intuition too, Eva, because I think there's some fascinating ways that, you know, I, I mentioned, um, in the book and then to audiences and, and I could just say here too, something that was a, was a game changer for me when I was tapping into my intuition and trying to see how could I leverage that at work? You know, I, mm-hmm. I felt like my intuition was completely shut down when I was in panic mode running around. Clearly that image of me rushing into a meeting, I mean, zero intuition. I was just trying to get there on time in a panic. Right. Um, didn't notice anybody I passed. I'm sure it was completely rude. Um, what I, mm-hmm. what I started to tell people is, um, a great way to tap into your intuition is to start looking people in the eyes. Mm. Fascinating. Um, there is a lot of information in people's eyes, especially when you're in business settings. And I have a whole chapter in the book on intuition and how to tap into it more, but that's such a simple thing to do. It could be a total game changer for someone. Think of it. Who's anxious, not looking at someone in the eye. If they're in a sales position or they're in a meeting with their boss, it could seem shifty. It could seem a little like they're anxious and nervous or insecure. I started to make a point. I started with my daughters. I had a hard time with eye contact. I realized I never look these girls in the eye because we're always in the car. We're always looking Uh, forward. You know, and I started like really looking at them in the eye. And I noticed they weren't looking at me either. It's probably because they learned from (laughs) me not to do that. And, um, you know, just these little simple shifts that are 
that doesn't take any time. That's what I want the listeners to understand. There's a lot of techniques and tips that I've gathered in, you know, suggestions from these leaders that take no time at all. Yeah, I think that's a great have the tip. the same conversation. Yeah, like, you know, when I met you all, one thing I loved about you is we were looking right at each other. I looked at mm. both of you. You were both staring at me, you know, and we just looked <laughs> at each other. We had a real conversation. That's so rare these days. Yeah. You know, we're well, on the phone and, you know. The phone. Yeah, I was just going to say that, you know, we're we're so into the phone. It's like the phone has become like a cocktail. You know, it's a way yes. to to disconnect and disengage from people and it's just so look efficient. at the phone. You're, you're uncomfortable. So you look at the phone, you look down. And I love what you're saying about that, about just looking people in the eye, about tapping into your intuition. And that's really what I loved about the wheel, because it's just this speedy, fast reminder as to what to do, because let's face it, when you're, you know, nose down and you are looking at everything that you need to do and you're on your to-do list and you're on your phone and you're on your calendar and you're going to your meetings, it's really, really tough to remember like, oh, breathe. You know, I mean, it's simple, exactly. but, you know, your, sh- your shallow breathing, it's not going to help you de-stress or grab something good to eat and not just something like, like you were saying, like you were eating Cheetos and stuff like that's not going to help the exactly. RA, but nobody puts <laughs> two and two together half the time, right? I mean, nobody puts together that, oh, I have an inflammatory disease and Cheetos is not going to help the inflammation. You really don't think like that because no one really tells you that. And that's what I, I love about the book is, yeah, the book deep dives, but then you've got the wheel for those moments when you need just a quick reminder because we always forget. We always forget, right? <laughs> right. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, to be honest with you both, like if I had healed myself just from eating better, sleeping better and getting some exercise, which is the mm-hmm. first three spokes of this wheel. It's the first thing everybody says when you say, hey, uh, what would you do if you were going to start a well-being project? Everyone says that. I'll eat better, sleep better, and maybe exercise. That's the typical response. And mm-hmm. I would have, to be honest, if I had healed myself that three, I would never have made this wheel because I would right. have just been like, done, high five myself. <laughs> but what I realized is that there's, it must be more complex because I'm not better. I mean, I was much better but I still had quite a bit of pain. Um, mm-hmm. I still was suffering, and I certainly didn't want any of this to come back. I could tell I was making progress. But there's so many more aspects of well-being that I didn't appreciate. Um, I felt like I was too busy. I never did my, my spirit-lifting hobby. People, I, I always ask executives this question, what's your spirit-lifting hobby? And they go, that's such a frivolous question. That's right. usually the answer. It's a defensive answer. But it's also, um, you know, so I rephrase. Um, what do you do that brings you joy? And I don't mean spend time with your loved one. I mean, is there something you do? Do you garden? Do you look at birds? Do you um, draw? Do you doodle? Do you journal like I do? Um, And I realized when I was sick, it had been six years since I had touched my journal, my beloved journal. It just kind of went to the wayside because I was so busy with work and taking care of my girls. And I put myself last and, and um, I just started, you know, doing that 15 minutes a day. And I mean, these are not time consuming ideas. Um, but I thought, wow, you know, what a change to tap into, you know, for taking a moment for myself. And like I said, it, you know, I think it's important to leadership that we don't 
um, impact work. You know, we have to do our jobs. It's, you know, I'm not saying to work less. I'm not saying to go off and take three weeks off. What I'm saying mm-hmm. is that behind the scenes, you know, what little things could you do that could make uh, a difference with your happiness, your passion, your joy, you know, your overall well-being? I think you guys are just the perfect people to discuss this. Do you agree? Yeah. And, you know, I was I actually read that chapter about um about your journaling and how you, you kind of you spoke about it quickly. But that was a big deal because you really had been yeah. writing since you were a little tiny kid and you had all these journals yeah. and you and you realized you had the six year gap where you hadn't them. written anything. That's no, crazy. And. And I love, I love what you said because so many times people say, well, I don't have an hour to sit down and journal. Well, nobody's telling you to take an hour, you know, take, like you said, 10, 15 minutes, even for a meditation. Take, if you can't do an hour, like I can't sit, like you said, I can't sit for an hour. I can't sit for 30 minutes, but I can sit for two. I can sit for five. And that will start moving you in that direction, you know, and that's what I love about this. And that's what I love about the wheel because it's these quick ways and quick, quick reminders to do all this stuff for yourself. Now, I did have a question. So when you started working on healing yourself, like how quickly or slowly did you see results? <laughs> like how did you know what was working and what wasn't, right? Because sometimes we don't really realize and sometimes also like the current the current information that's out there around certain things, like maybe worked for one person, you know, like maybe right. a green smoothie works for one person, but for sure. another yeah. person, a green smoothie, like completely sends them into an inflammatory craziness. Right. And so right. how did you figure out like what was working and what wasn't? I'm so glad you asked that because customization is a really important part of my work. Mm-hmm. When somebody looks at the wheel, they may say, this is so basic, you know, get enough sleep. I mean, come on. Of course, that's obvious. <laughs> but, you know, everybody's different. Some people function fabulously on eight hours. I actually need nine. But keep in mind, I was sick and I don't want to be sick like that again. And I just am one of those people. I just need more sleep than others. I think that each of us really um, needs to tap in to see what, what lifts our spirit, what works for us. It's, it's an experimentation. So, um, you know, one really simple thing, like you were mentioning, you didn't realize that a cocktail can keep you awake at night. So yeah. if somebody were, if that, if a person is sensitive who's listening like that, they could just try that. Try not to have a drink at night and see what happens. And for somebody who drinks every night, um, and I know several people <laughs> in my mm-hmm. corporate life who do, um, yes. they're shocked. They're shocked. They're like, I just thought I was a bad sleeper. I didn't know mm. that that was affecting my sleep. So this is a little, it's all about experimentation, but with a sense of joy, with a sense of curiosity, with a sense of um, not like I'm not, I'm going to deprive myself forever. You know, I'm not that person at all. Um, I just sat yesterday for a whole hour looking at a beautiful sunset, um, you know, and I, I just indulged myself. I thought it was, it was beautiful. Um, and I don't do that every day, but I was in a beautiful place. I was like, I'm doing it. Um, and we have to give ourselves permission to experiment and then see how much better we'd be. I think, you know, and it also takes, you know, people might say, oh, it takes so much preparation um, to get my something different. Well, you know what? I, I'm traveling on business right now. I'm in Phoenix and I have power bars. I have a peanut butter power bar that I love that I eat instead of lunch. 
that mm-hmm. actually saves me time and it's saving me money too. I bet lunch would be maybe 10 bucks if I just got it on the road here. But right. my little power bar has got seven superfoods in it. <laughs> it's got low sugar, right. hardly any sugar at all. And I feel great. I'm proud of myself. I have I have probably 10 of them in my, uh, you know, house ready to go. And it's actually much easier. But just, you know, experimenting, I think, is the, is the way to do that. Um, and, and does that answer your question? It did. It absolutely did. The customization piece is so key and we have to take our next break, but I just wanted to also mention before we go to break that, um, the customization and when you find that sweet spot, it doesn't take willpower. It doesn't take willpower. It's something that you like to do and you keep doing it. It's not that like drudgery of, oh, I'm just going to have a plain chicken breast and some steamed broccoli gross. Nobody's going to eat that for long, right? And so it's about finding that sweet spot in the customization. I love that. Oh, I wish we had another whole hour, but we're going to go ahead and and take, we're not done yet. So stay with us, everyone. We are speaking with the author of Reinvent the Wheel, How Top Leaders Leverage Wellbeing for Success, Megan McNeely. And we will be right back. This is Charlie Lobosco. If you're working on a development project practicing agile methodologies, this message is for you, regardless of your role on the team. Agile is a faster, smarter, and more efficient way to develop and deliver continuous results. If this is not happening in your Agile environment, reach out right now. My Agile coaching and certification training programs empower you with Agile skills that encourage collaboration, increase productivity, and even improve overall team morale. Now that's making a difference. I say become Agile certified the right way, regardless of your role on the team, and then watch what happens. Reach out right now to Charlie at charlieandiva.com and let's continue this conversation. Your future is counting on you. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Um, this is our final segment, but this show has been phenomenal. Um, I still have some questions for Megan, but we're speaking with, um, I'm going to say, Impact Entrepreneur. Megan McNeely, and her website is MeganMcNeely.com, and her book is Reinvent the Wheel, How Top Leaders Leverage Well-Being for Success. And, man, we're learning a lot. I agree now, now, the wheel is a secret weapon, mm-hmm. right? Go it to is. the wheel, go to the wheel. You know, I, Megan, I go back to my earlier example, and, you know, it's hard to explain, but what happens is when everybody is all freaked out, over-caffeinated, it creates yeah. a level of chaos, mm-hmm. and in order to reach them, you have to go higher, right? And I oh yes, great point, right? And I couldn't because I didn't, I wasn't armed. I didn't have the right grounding tools to bring it back down and say, if these guys know exactly what they're doing, it's going to get done sooner, you know. But um, and I wasn't, I didn't read the book yet, <laughs> right? Um, but this is where. There, the only thing that matters in the workplace is results. And who knew the way to get them is to, uh, take care of yourself first, right? Um, so. Exactly. It can all be leveraged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get more done. Um, you know, what, what we need to do is 
actually make a wheel, cut it out, keep it, keep it on, keep it in my pocket. Laminate it. Laminate it. Yeah. Yeah. And keep it, you know, and I was wondering when you work with executives, like, or, um, you know, or even just talking to groups, like how much pushback, if any, do you get? Or do people agree? Or do they say, you know, the first thing that you always hear, I am, I'm not joking. There's, there's two things. Well, I can't give up my coffee in the morning. And then the second thing is, well, okay, I know that this is a diet, but like, is it okay to have red wine? (laughs) You know, I mean, how, you know, exactly. And and, and, people to give that up. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, this isn't about deprivation. If if, look, if, if, you know, I saw, I heard that Oprah has a glass of red wine every night. I don't know where I read that on her, one of her um, (laughs) articles or something for Weight Watchers. Um, Hey, if, if it's in moderate, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. Like, I don't know right. what's right for each and every person. Um, perhaps if, if that person has zero, maybe they're super grounded and they love their coffee and they're just fine. Maybe it doesn't mm-hmm. affect them like it affects me. So fine, having coffee. Um, but maybe they need, um, something else on this wheel. Maybe they, you know, never do anything that brings them joy. Right. <laughs> maybe. They would benefit from um, bringing back a spirit lifting hobby. Um, maybe they, you know, would would benefit from having dinner and cr- increasing connections with their friends. That's another thing that comes up a lot. Is um, people say, um, "The more I work, the less friends I have." You know, yep. when they'll say things like, "You know, I could count on my one hand the my my five friends." You know, <laughs> I used to have lots of friends when I was younger, and now it's kind of lonely at the top, or even. Not, you know, just we're just so busy. It could be any any of us. Um, but I think um, I don't get pushback um, because I usually speak at places where um, after I tell my story, they're they're really le- leaning forward. People are interested They're They know that well-being is important because almost everyone when I ask, you know, how many of you know someone with an autoimmune disease? Not that it's you, but do you know anyone? Every hand goes up. Um, that's become so much more prevalent. How many of you know, not that it's you, that there's some somebody with anxiety? You know, how many of you feel that well-being is important? And we all, our hands go up. And, and we want to believe that taking care of our well-being will be, I believe it's the answer to every, not just the workplace. Well-being is the answer to every great catastrophe. I wrote another article called Don't Let a Good Catastrophe Go to Waste. It's in personal excellence this month. <laughs> and like I had a flood this summer and the fun, it, it, my whole house flooded. The whole thing is destroyed. And Oy. you know what the weirdest thing was, Charlie and Eva? Oh my gosh. I immediately wanted to go back to my bad habits. It's the weirdest mm. thing. It was like a tug. Like my whole yeah. house was destroyed. I was stressed out. I seriously went and bought a bottle of wine and mm-hmm. I went to Starbucks that morning. I thought, and I thought, what am I doing? This is like my bad <laughs> habit back, you know, drink a bunch of coffee. I'm not sleeping well. I'm going to have a glass of wine because I deserve it. I thought, what am I doing? It took me like a day or two to shake myself off and realize that well-being, you know, in a disaster could happen in any, you know, you could have a, a parent that is, you know, has, memory issues. You could have a teenager that's misbehaving. You could have um, issues in your own health or a, a partner's health. But if, but the key is our own well-being will bring us through that. We will yep. actually emerge on the other side of that catastrophe or just an average day of work better. I mean, well, isn't that just like brilliant? 
I, I, you know what? During the break, I was making notes about what you were just talking <laughs> about. And so imagine this, right? So now I have become a superhero, basically. I'm armed with my yeah. tools from your book. I'm feeling better. You know, you go back to the point about, uh, you said it's high level. People might think it's high level, get more sleep. You say, okay, what time did you go to bed? Did you have your uh, laptop on? You know, uh-huh. right. And then people realize, um, but you become, you can become a superhero of within yourself. And you know what? That's going to lead to a completely different set of decision making. Mm. It's going to be, you're going to be able to say no when you need to say no, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's yes. not, it's going to change everything, right? That's the point. Here. Is, that's so well said. Exactly. And like Eva was saying before too, it's you're driven by a sense of joy about mm. it. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to get in my bed because I'm going to get a full night's sleep. It's going to be luxurious. Or, you know, I can't wait to journal because it's going to lift my spirit so much and that's bringing me joy. Oh, I can't wait to look in my daughter's eyes because I feel so connected to her. It's so incredible how much unconditional love I have. I don't, I didn't even realize how unhappy I was back then. It, it, that's the, that's the part, right? You don't even realize how bad you feel and how unhappy you are. Right. You don't even realize it. And, and suddenly your clients don't look like they're such jerks anymore, too, when you're feeling good. You walk in and you're like, I'm happy to see you. I'm happy to see my client. I'm happy to hang out with them. And exactly. and in turn, they're happy to see you. And then at the end of the day, you say, hmm, today was pretty tough. Hang in there because tonight I'm going to retool. And when I come back tomorrow, the sky will be blue. I promise. Right. You know, oh, I mean, it'd be like, who was that person? Attitude. Yeah, or, you you know, when you get home, you say, my reward is having um, dinner with my wife. My reward is sitting, you know, for, to look at the birds for 30 minutes. My reward is playing the guitar, my favorite yeah. hobby. And then that's I true mean, at any level, right? Exactly. And you actually enjoy the money. Yeah. You actually are enjoying the money. You're you're buying stuff point. that you like. You're, <laughs> you're enjoying yourself. It's like, well, and, I can. And, and I, you're starting to look better. A lot of the people that I know in corporate America are starting to look worse. Yeah, oh yeah. They're looking you worse. mean I could look They're better? Heavier. I can They're be happy, ugh. look look yeah. better, be empowered, and I get paid to shut up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and more likely to get that raise because you know you're grounded and good at what you do. You make excellent yes. decisions. You're clear. I mean, there's just there's no down. I don't see any downside. Especially because it doesn't, um, people could say it takes more time. That's not true. In my book, I talked to mm-hmm. all those leaders. They said it saves time. Mm-hmm. Making their green you know, drink in the morning saves time. Yeah, we are, yeah. I am definitely a believer of this book. Um, and I don't want to say the book is all about the wheel. There's plenty more great content in there. But in the short yeah. time span we had, uh, I thought it was a great thing to focus on. And it is a fantastic tool, by the way. So great work on that. Thank you. Well, we all need a visual, you know, like yep. I always say, that we need the dessert tray to go by so we can choose. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, Megan, again, phenomenal effort. Um, MeganMcNeely.com, M-E-G-A-N-M-C-N-E-A-L-Y, MeganMcNeely.com. Get the book. She's a teammate. Um, and oh. we great show. Thank you so much. And we'd love to have you back. We would love it. Oh, Thank you so much for being be here and fun? sharing this. Yes. We have to do it again. Absolutely. I so appreciate this. Thank you so much. Excellent. Take care and have a great day. 
Well, Charles, another great show. Oh, this one was phenomenal. It was great. And again, it's MeganMcNeely.com. The book is Reinvent the Wheel, How to How Top Leaders Leverage Well-Being for Success. You can get it on Amazon. And thank you for joining. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Hope you have a great week. Bye, guys.